0: Thank you, Susan. Well, turn your Bibles, if you will, to the 22nd chapter of Genesis. This will be the last sermon we have in this series of radical relationship. And uh, I don't know about you, but it has been good for me to go back and remember and see the relationship that... God had with Abraham and all the things that he went through and uh, the things that he learned and uh, so we're down to the to the last part the one of the last lessons that Abraham has to learn is sacrifice and so let's all stand and uh, read together and then we're gonna read these first 19 verses of chapter 22 this is my Bible the living word of God I am what it says. I am I can have what it says. I can have I can do what it says I can do This word is the truth that never changes and can never be destroyed right now. My mind is alert. My heart is open I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus name We're gonna begin reading with verse 1 chapter 22 of Genesis sometime later God tested Abraham he said to him Abraham Here I am he replied then God said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place, the Lord had told him about it. Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. You got to think right here. Things are starting to get a little bit iffy. <laughs> just a little bit uncomfortable uh, dad uh, you have got me all tied up here what's going on uh, so anyway so he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son but the angel of the lord called out to him from heaven abraham 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 always says the same thing here i am he replied do not lay a hand on the boy he said do not do anything to him now i know that you fear god because you have not withheld from me your son your only son Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son So Abraham Abraham called the place the Lord will provide and to this day It is said on the mountain of the Lord It will be provided the angel of the Lord called Abraham from heaven a second time and said I swear by myself It's always this is what I'm going to do. You do this. This is what I'm going to do I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make, you, make your descendants as num- numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will be possessions of the cities of the enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants and set off towards Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Let's Let's pray. Father, speak to us today. Help us to understand that you want all of us, and you don't want us to hold anything back from you. And Father, today, help us to understand if we're really going to have real relationship with us, we have to be willing to sacrifice and we have to be ready to sacrifice and sometimes we have to sacrifice and so father speak to us let us hear your voice today in jesus name amen i had something i wanted to tell you and i can't remember what it was oh if you are in my membership class this afternoon I've got to go to Neosho tonight, Nevada, I'm going to Nevada, and so uh, don't, uh, we're not going to have class tonight, this afternoon, okay, I'm sorry about that, but I wanted to remind you that, okay, so God has been testing Abraham for all these years, and now it's kind of the final test, Uh, is Abraham going to have this pure faith? And God wants us to have a pure faith with him. It's the moment of truth. And he wouldn't have asked Abraham to do this 40 years ago. Remember, he came and he said, I'm going to make a nation out of you. And the way we think, well, if we're going to have a nation, we're going to have to have people. So why doesn't God hurry up and give him people so that he can do this? Well, he's been forming the parents now for nearly 40 years. Okay, And so this is what's been going on. It's not about getting people. It's about forming people into what they need to be. And I've said it. That's what I've been saying for the last two weeks now. It's more about forming the parents than it was having the kids. Having the kids is easy. But getting the parents where they need to be was a hard job. And so now they have a son. And God asked for the son. And so he's been forming Abraham, and he's going to see: Does he really? Is he really formed in the way that I want him to be? And so he asks him to respond in faith. And faith, like I said, it's not given; it's lived out in an action. Faith is always lived out in action. Faith always happens because you're going through things and you live through them. Now we can come and and we can read books. And they say, this is what you need to do, but faith is lived out. It's not what I think I will do. Faith is what I'm doing. Faith is always lived out in an action. It's not, uh, you don't get it, you know, and I don't want to say this too much, but uh, you don't get faith by coming and listening to a message preached. Is it a good idea to listen to preaching? Yes, because the Word says that's where we hear. It's through the proclamation of the Word that we grow and we hear and we understand. But faith, very little faith happens in here. Most faith happens out there. Faith happens in your every day. Faith happens in my living. Faith happens at my home, in my relationship with my wife and my kids. Faith happens in how I act at my job. And faith happens how I act at school. And so we learn about those things here, but faith happens out there. Abraham wasn't uh, learning faith in the worship sessions with God. Abraham was learning faith every day that he walked with God. And God would ask, and, Pe- and Abraham would say, here I am, here I am, here I am. And God seeks for us to have this same response, this here I am attitude. And so now it comes down this, to this moment of truth. Is he going to obey? Is he going to do what God would have him to do? And, and I don't know if any of you have ever worked on anything, uh, but sometimes when you work on something, you get it all put back together. And then it's the moment of truth. Is it going to work? Is it going to start up? Is it going to run? Is it going to stay together? Is it going to hold together? And, you know, things like that. And so uh, is it going to run right or anything like that? Now, I am an amateur furniture builder. And I, it's, I'm heavy on the amateur side. It's... it's uh, I was talking to Joe the other night, and he goes. I said, is "This rough furniture is kind of, kind of the end thing right now." And Joe, of course, he's he's down with all the new jargon. He goes, "It's shabby chic." And I said, "Yeah, mine's more shabby than chic. It's really shabby." But I I like to make furniture, and I'm kind and I'm and recently I set out. I had never made a chair. I'd never made a chair, and so I decided I was going to make a chair. And so I don't know if any of you have ever watched The Patriot, but on the Patriot it has Mel Gibson and he makes this exquisite, this wonderful rocking chair. And he puts it on a and he weighs it. I don't know why he weighs it, but anyway he weighs it and he has this wonderful rocking chair. And he sets it on the floor and he sets down in it and he makes about three rocks and he's like, Yes and the thing goes Kush! He picks it up and he throws it in the corner and in the corner is this whole pile of broken rocking chairs that he has made that have not been able to stand up to the test of his weight, all right? And me and Mel Gibson are about the same size and so... uh, (laughs) My right leg weighs as much as Mel Gibson. So anyway, so recently I decided I was going to build a chair and so I put the, this chair together and I got it all screwed together and got it all glued, screwed and glued together. And I set and got it together and I sat on it. Well, my first one busted or bursted or anyway. And I, I felt, I was just, I, I knew exactly what Mel Gibson felt like in that movie. Cause I wanted to pick that thing up and throw it into the wall because the back broke on it. And so I took it, and instead of throwing it, I just chopped it all up and put it in my burn pile there. And so then I set out to make my second chair. And I, came, I, I, remember, I remember specifically coming into the house that night because when I pushed it together, it all just cracked. And I told Cindy, I, and I'd been work, literally working on it for days, and it was ruined. And so I did it again. I, I got it all, and got it put together. And this time I sat on it, and it didn't break. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to lean in, lean backwards, and you know, because you, you got, if you have a chair, you have to lean backwards. And so I leaned backwards, and it didn't break. I got up on it and stood on it. Didn't break, and so it stood the test of humongous weightness is what it did and but there was a moment of truth there where I thought I had it all put together right and I thought I had done it by the way the plan said and I thought that it would work but there was a moment there where I wanted to see is this thing going to stand up to my enormity and it did Okay, And so this is where God is. He's been working on Abraham for four years now, and he's been working and trying to get character. It's always about character with God. Character is first with him. And if he can get the character right, the rest of it always works right. Okay? And so he's working on this character of Abraham. He's got him to wherever time he speaks, he goes, Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. And he says, Give me your son. Will you sacrifice for me? It's this moment of truth. Is Abraham going to be faithful? Now we know, and I, and I talked about this, manufacturers in real world always test their products. And this is what's going on. You know that God has a right to test us? We are His. He has a right to test us and see if we are going to be, if He can trust us. We can always trust God, but can He trust us? And He has the right to test us, but nobody wants to be tested, do they? Nobody wakes up and in their prayers in the morning, oh God, I wish you could come up with a spiritual test for me today to go through try me oh lord and see if i'll do what you we 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 want to be faithful but we don't really want to be tested But God tests us, and so this is where he is. He's testing Abraham, and we see him testing people all throughout the Bible. Joseph was tested through his brothers. He sold him into slavery, and then he ended up in prison, and he was tested and tested and tested. But his character was exactly where it needed to be. Moses was out in the wilderness for 40 years before he became the leader to lead uh, Israel out, and he was tested in that time. And so God will always test those he loves. And so as this test begins, he calls his friend out by name. And this is not a test to hurt his friend, but it is a test to see what his character is, and he calls out his friend by name, Abraham. Abraham. And I want you to understand that here he says his name once. Abraham, here I am. Here I am. And he, Abraham quickly answers. He's glad to answer. When you, you ever get a phone call, sometimes, sometimes you all do, and you'll get a phone and you'll look at it, and it's probably not your best friend or somebody. My wife gets called by the NRA all the time, trying to get her to rejoin the NRA and uh they always they're just caller all the time and i'm and i'm i love the nra but after you get called every day you don't love them so much anymore and so sometimes when you get a call like that you're like i know none of you ever do that i know everybody that calls you you're like oh hello you know but sometimes you get a call and you're like okay but when abraham gets the call from his friend god he's like here i am When it's people you like and people you want to talk to, you're always glad to talk to them. And so Abraham is always glad to hear from his friend. And then he says, take your son. Take your only son. You say, well, he's got another son. He's got Ishmael. Well, Ishmael is gone. He has told, told Abraham to release Ishmael. Ishmael's is doing his own thing right now. So the only son that he has really is Isaac. The only one that, that ever really counted so much as what God was trying to do was going to be Isaac. And so here he is, and he says, take Isaac and sacrifice him. Now, we have a easy times it's easier sometimes to trust god with the past because the past is the past and we say oh god take my past i know what i did i know what i've been i know what i've done and god please take that please i repent from that and please take that and we trust god to take care of that but we can't see the see because we can see the past we know what happened but it's the future we have trouble with because we can't see that and I, ha- I want you to understand this morning that this is all of Abraham's future is wrapped up in Isaac. All of his future is wrapped up in Isaac. And he's saying, Give me your future. Give me your future. We can trust God with the past, but can we trust God with the future? And then, he's done, and then he adds this Give me your only son who you love. You love him. I know you love him. And he has watched Abraham. And, and if you watch Abraham throughout all of this time, as we've been reading about him, we never see Abraham get caught up in material things. He has a lot of material things. We never see Abraham uh, excited too much about being rich and powerful. Even though he was rich and powerful, we don't see him flaunt that. The only thing we see Abraham talk about is, am I going to have a kid? Am I going to have a son? The only thing that we ever see Abraham really uh, interested in is, Am I going to have a family? I I really would like to have a son. He asked God over and over and over again. And so he gets this thing. This is the one thing that could hold Abraham back. This is the thing that could fight for God's affection. This is the only thing that could possibly take God's, uh, I mean, Abraham's heart from God. Isaac is is god's only competition in abraham's life now a lot of people have all kinds of competition for god in their life they have different things that they enjoy or different people or or a family or things like that this is god's only competition and god says i will be the love of your heart and he says go to moriah and sacrifice your son can you imagine hearing that, hearing God speak that into your life? On any of your kids, go and sacrifice your son who you love. Now, I want, us to, I want you to know something here. They believe that the place where they were at when he when the, when bound him and got ready to sacrifice him was right near Calvary where Jesus was sacrificed. They believe this is what's going on and and all and all this takes takes place in in this spot and so this kind of gives us some insight into God and how he thinks and 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 all these things and so he says go and do this thing and and all this happens in two verses there's two verses here he says take your son go to Moriah make him an offering and, I will tell, and, and, I will, and I'll tell you what to do. And it says the next morning he loaded up his donkey and took two guys and went. Two verses. Two verses to explain God coming and asking for someone's son. You'd think that it would be a big, long, and then Abraham thought about it, and Abraham did this, and then Abraham responded to God and said, you know, is this really what you want? We don't hear any of that. Two verses to tell something that, for God, asked the biggest thing He's ever asked for, and only, to, and, and Abraham says, "Okay, I'll go get my donkey, and away we'll go." And this goes into the heart of who Jesus—I mean, who Abraham is and his relationship to God. And what you don't hear is, "God, are you sure? God, do I have to?" Abraham doesn't try to reason with God. He has come to the place in his faith where he completely trusts his friend, God. Do you ever find yourself questioning God? Do you ever find yourself when God speaks to you, you're like, are you sure that's what you said? Abraham doesn't do that. Abraham is so in, in relationship with God that he just does what God says. He doesn't talk to anyone else to get their opinion. He doesn't go on his blog or tweet, or go on the Facebook and say, look, God told me to do this. What do you guys think? And open it up for, because we do that. We're like, what what do you think? You know, this is what I think God, listen, if, if you're sure that God has spoken to you, that is the end of the conversation. If you're sure that this is what God has spoken to your life, you don't have to ask anyone's opinion. People say, go get godly counsel. Okay, that's fine. Until God says, this is for sure what to do. And once God speaks, there is no more. And God has spoken. He doesn't go to Sarah and go, hey, you know, look, this is what we're... I don't even know if Sarah knew what was going on. He knows that God has spoken. And in Abraham's heart, when God speaks, that's the end of it. That is the end of it. There is no more. God has spoken. But I want want to tell you something. You better be awfully certain that it's God you heard. You understand? That's why we have to be in such a close relationship with him. That's why we have to get to the place that we know his voice and we know exactly what he said. Because so many times people go, well, this is what God said. Really? Is that what God said? Really? Really? That's great if God really said it, but you better make sure God said it before you say that. I try to be really careful about. I'm kind of I want to really make sure that's what I heard. As we were going through the Sean Sean kind of understands me on this one, as we were going through the uh hiring process, we just we just pushed Sean through. I mean, it was it was a quick deal, wasn't it? No. It was like I talked to him and then I would, I wouldn't talk to him for like three or four weeks. We talked to him. We went and had, we went and had lunch together with him one day. And I said, okay, well, I'll get back with you. I was just, I just wanted to hear, I didn't care what Sean said. I liked Sean and Brooke fine, but that didn't really have anything to do with it. I wanted to hear what God said. And so we, we went and thought and prayed about it and then had the board uh, praying and we weren't in a big hurry and. Three or four weeks before he got hired, he lost his job. His his only job, the job that he loved. <laughs> he lost it, and uh, the, the company did some restructuring and things like that. And in my heart, I was like, "Well, we need a youth pastor, and Sean needs a job." So, you know, in my heart, I was like, "We ought to hire him now. That'd be that'd be really good." But my heart got checked because I was like i really i don't know if i've just completely heard from god yet on this and so we kept praying and kept praying and then i just got a peace. i never heard an audible this is the guy but i had a peace in my way i always wait for peace i don't know what you guys do but i always wait for peace if i don't have peace i don't do anything but i waited till i had peace okay and sean had peace and the board had peace. Now, we still had questions about whether, you know, is this exactly what it was for? but we had peace and so we moved forward in that. Make sure that you are hearing from God and make sure that you have peace before. If you don't have peace, don't do it. All right? Wait till God gives you peace. But Abraham is sure that he has heard from God. And he doesn't give any sort of rebuttal to God. All we hear is, here am I. And that is what God wants from us. He wants us to this place where we say, here am I. I'll do whatever you want to. And uh, many would say, well, well, how did he know it was God? Here's the deal. When you're in a close relationship with God, you know when God speaks with you. When we're here and we have altar calls and, and you feel conviction and things like that, you know that's God speaking to you. You can know that. If I, if my wife, I could hear her voice, I think, in a crowd of people, and I would know her voice. Why? Because I know her voice. You can have mothers, and there can be 10 kids in a room crying, and all of a sudden their kid starts crying, and they go, oh, I hear my kid. How do you do that? Because they know their kid's voice. They know them. And so when God speaks, Abraham knows it. He doesn't have a doubt. Why? Because he has this close relationship. And that's why we're supposed to have this close relationship with God. Not this, hey God, how you doing? come in on Sunday and wave at him and then walk out and never have another word with him the rest of the week. That's not a close relationship. That's not what God is asking for us. That's what we have made the relationship with God. We've made a relationship with God is if I go to church and and do that, then I am in a relationship with God. Going to church is wonderful. And God asks us to do that. And he tells us to do that. And we need to have fellowship with the body. But most of your relationship happens out there. If this is the only relationship with God that you have, you don't have much of a relationship. And I'm not trying trying to say that to be mean or to say, well, you know, I just won't come back. I'll show you. Well, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying God has more than this. Most of your relationship is going to happen at home. This is for fellowship. This is for a time of learning. But where the real faith happens is outside. It's in your home and at your school and at your place of business and where you work and how you get along with people. That's where relationship happens. And so God speaks, and, and because Abraham is in such a good relationship, he can hear him. Folks, we can hear God. You can know God's will for your life. People say, can I know God's will for my life? Absolutely. Most of God's will is going to be written in his word. Most of it is not even guesswork. You just read it and you'll know what God's will is, okay? But then he does have times when he speaks to us. And if we know him, we know that voice. And so we can know God's word. And so he, he, when he heard this, he moved on. And so it, says, so it says, the next morning, doesn't say that he said anything to anybody, but it says the next morning, Abraham got up, saddled his donkey, and he took two servants. Anybody ever wonder why he took two servants? If you read one of the, if you, there's several different translations in the, in the Amplified Bible, it says he took two young servants. And I got to wondering about this because the only thing it says that he did was that the two servants he says hey watch the donkey and we'll come back does it really take two people to watch a donkey don't you have a donkey desiree did, would it take two people to watch your donkey no you guys leave every day and the donkey watches itself you know and <laughs> if you lose a donkey who cares anyway i mean really this must be some special donkey i don't know <laughs> now don't let the donkey get away. Don't let him let the donkey get away. I don't know. Either they were two really dumb servants or it was a really valuable donkey. I don't know what it was. You know what I think it was? And I may be wrong. I'm not saying this is theologically true, but I was thinking about this this week. And if you say, Pastor, you're dead wrong, you may be dead right. It says he took two young servants. I think he was afraid Isaac was going to run off. That's what I think. I think he was afraid Isaac might run off and he was so old there was no way you could catch him. And those guys might have to hold him. I could be wrong. But I don't think it takes two guys to watch a donkey. It says it took two young servants. I could be wrong. And if you, if you know what it is, tell me afterwards and I'll completely retract my statement. But I, I, Isaac's a young kid. Abraham's over 100 now. Abraham is old. Abraham cuts his own wood because it 's his sacrifice. He saddles his own donkey because it 's his sacrifice. I think he's in his mind he's hoping it won't happen. He don't want his sacrifice to run off. Do you see how you see Abraham's not even going to take a chance that i mean it wouldn't it be wouldn't it be if it was me, I would say. You know, I think I would let Isaac know, so Isaac could run off, and then I'd be like, "God, I'm old, I can't catch him. Abraham is so into what God wants him to do he is not going to let any of this go to chance. he's going to make sure it's not it's not going to have anything that he can blame on when he gets there and Isaac's not there Abraham's going to make sure that Isaac gets on the altar one way or the other he's going to get this done because he will do what God says how hard do you work to get done what God asks you to do I think we tend to be excuse makers oh I can't hey I, I got something else going I I can't do that Abraham was going to make sure Isaac gets on the altar And so it says that he saddled his donkey. He brings the guys. He's got the wood. He's got the fire. He cuts his own wood. And he says that they get to the place. They put the wood on the sacrifice's back. What does that remind you of? You ever heard that? They're near where Jesus dies. The sacrifice is carrying wood on his back, getting ready to be sacrificed. Who does that remind you of? Hmm. I don't know maybe uh Jesus we are seeing the same what, what are we seeing here we're seeing in Abraham the same relationship that the father has with the son and it's the same it's the same thing the relationship is always the same and so he asked for this sacrifice and he gets there and he says father where's the lamb and he said, and i think that things are probably getting a little bit uncomfortable by now and he says god will provide god will provide abraham has faith he's lived it out he doesn't have to say what he thinks because he knows what he believes and And he has a real faith because he lives it out. And and like I said before, we talk about faith and we talk about it in its hypotheticals. Well, God doesn't deal in hypotheticals. God God never comes and says, you know, if this were to happen, what would you do? That's the way we talk. God says, do it. What are you going to do? And faith is always lived out. And Abraham is living out his faith and here is his faith, and it's not in a church, and it's not in worship, it's not in, it's in real life. Faith is always stepping out, and it's stepping out in your kid's life, it's stepping out in your school, it's stepping out in paying the bills, and in family life, and jobs, and, and that's where faith is. Faith is out there, and that's where he is. He's not in church. Abraham's not in church Abraham's in real life. And this boy has, he has so much love for this boy that it's the only competition that God could possibly have for Abraham's heart. And God says, he doesn't come and say, would you? He says, do it. God never says, would you? God says, do it. And so he does. And we have to have faith like this. We've made faith into where it's church attendance, and where it's not about obedience and it's not about holy living. But with God, it's always about obedience and it's always about holy living. And the ultimate test that Abraham faces was in one word: sacrifice. Would he sacrifice? He doesn't ask Abraham to go to church more. He doesn't ask Abraham to give him more money. He doesn't ask Abraham to stand and sit while he's singing. He doesn't ask Abraham to sing new songs that he doesn't like. He doesn't ask Abraham to sing old songs that he doesn't like. He doesn't ask Abraham, hey, can we have a drum or something like that? I'm going to test you on this. He comes to Abraham and he says, will you give me the thing that you love most so that I will be... The thing that you love most, that's all he asks, and he says, "Will you sacrifice? Would you sacrifice?" The, ca- the, the command is simple: sacrifice. It's one command: sacrifice. We don't like sacrifice. Most of us know very little about sacrifice. We do what we want, when we want. We never sacrifice our plans for God's plans. We work God's plans around our plans. We work God into our timetable, and we don't plan time around God. When we give, most of the time it's out of abundance, and very rarely do we give to where it hurts, to where it's sacrificed, and I am lumping myself into this. God asks his close friends, listen to me this morning, God asks his close friends for sacrifice. And I think we miss seeing great movements of God because we are so against sacrifice. And the sacrifice God asks is always that we give him everything. And I want to ask you this morning, is God asking anything from you? Are you close enough to him this morning that you could hear his voice? Could you understand his voice if he asked you to sacrifice? And if he did ask you to sacrifice your most prized possession, what would it be? What would it be? What is the thing that has competition for God's heart in your life? I don't know what it is in your life. But God knows. Has God asked you to sacrifice if not, why not? Why, doesn't God, why isn't God asking you? And if he is, can you hear him? Maybe God doesn't trust you. Maybe God knows that you wouldn't give it to him. Are you living in a place where you say, here I am all the time? When the job calls, we say, here I am. When school calls, we say, here I am. When the coach calls, we say, here I am. When the turkey calls, we say, here I am. When the deer are rutting, we say, here I am. When the fish are biting, we say, here I am. When God calls and says, will you come sacrifice? Do we say, here I am? church i believe that god seeks i believe that he has placed you us in this place at this time to do his work in this town but i think he is calling some of you to sacrifice and some of you are you say well what does that look like in my life i have no idea i would not presume to know what that looks like in your life But God knows. Are you close enough that if he spoke and said, I want this that you hold so close and dear, it's coming between me and you. It's my only competition. Will you give me that? Would you say here I am? I want us to stand this morning. I want Lance to come. When I read this this week I went through it and I was reading it and all of a sudden it just came to me and the Lord spoke and said it's just one thing Brian it's just one thing I only ask him one thing it was sacrifice and I said oh God I don't like sacrifice he said I know But if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we have to be a people who are willing to lay all of our stuff aside for what God wants. And this morning I'm not talking about getting saved. I don't even know what it looks like in your life. I don't care. But if God calls you to sacrifice, what would your answer be? For his friends, it is here I am. And if he's not calling you to sacrifice, why not? Why wouldn't he be? If If he is... If, if you are a close friend with his, he always calls to sacrifice. And if he's not calling you to a place of sacrifice, maybe you're not as close to him as you should be. I don't know. I laid in bed last night and I said, Lord, I don't know how to communicate this. And I got up early this morning and I don't know how to communicate this. But the word is sacrifice, and you can do whatever you want to with it this morning. So if the Lord's speaking to you and you need to pray, I'm not talking about getting saved this morning. I'm talking about you and God, your friend, and you saying, there is nothing. There is nothing higher in my life than you today. We're going to sing if you need to pray this morning. Come as we sing, oh, to be like thee, oh, to be.